Yeah, I started off on radio, like just as soon as I left university until one day I swore live on air. Well, it was I wasn't live on air. It was like a feature, right. but I hadn't missed out the and then they put, pulled it just within a second and I was like, it's not for me but I, I think it's probably was my favourite there's something about the spoken my favourite medium is something about the spoken word yeah it's alive and actually kind of connects with the with the shamanic stuff with the it's all connected yeah the, with the um, with the storytelling with the voice with the expression yeah connection through voice you know before we had even pen and paper, let alone computers. That's how we would relay news. Actually, yeah, you think about even the Queen stuff with all the clap, you know, all the bugles and stuff, like what are they doing? They're actually, commu- that's how they would communicate through sound. Yeah. So, first there was the word. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, in the beginning there was the word. Welcome to episode 6 of Healing Voices. This is a podcast all about holistic approaches to health and well-being. My name is Jamie Griffiths. I'm a holistic massage therapist living and working in Hackney. This episode features a conversation with Hackney Jane. Uh, Jane offers shamanic healing out of healing space on Chatsworth Road. And our conversation touches on Celtic shamanism and ancestral body memory. Jane's background as a travel writer and yoga teacher, an explorer of healing modalities, combining voice, somatics, trust and intention to bring about healing states, teaching meditation at a mental health charity, being called or not to the shamanic path, healing as creativity, working with trauma from a spiritual viewpoint, the unbearable responsibility of having to be okay, ego, dark energies, and owning the healer's intervention, my own shamanic healing and accessing unconditional love, integration, and resourcing people for healing on a daily basis. So before we go to my conversation with Jane, I just wanted to uh, give you a quick update about me. Um, I'll try not to use this podcast for self-promotion too much, but... I wanted to let you know that I'm now practicing out of three different locations uh, out of Healing Space on Chatsworth Road from the Well Garden, which is next to Hackney Downs, and from Massage in Shoreditch. Uh, So to book me at the first two places, I've also now set up online booking. So if you go to jamiemassage.co.uk, that's jamiemassage.co.uk, you can book me at either the healing space or the well garden there and if you use the discount code online 10 that's all in capitals online 10 you can get 10 percent off your first uh, online booking so look forward to seeing you soon but without further ado here is my conversation with hackney jane that i recorded uh, last month We are at Healing Space on a crisp, bright October morning. Uh, Jane, 
You offer shamanic healing, a healing space. Does that mean you are a shaman? I'm quite resistant to that word, to be honest. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people are aware that, you know, to be a shaman, you have a whole heritage that's behind you. Right. That's not something like, you know, you don't decide to be one. Um, some, some people do decide to be one, but no, I'm definitely not a shaman. And I actually kind of have a little bit of a kind of... Um, uh, I guess it's a little bit of a resistance to the word because mm. it can suggest something quite out of body that we're not familiar with. Yeah. Because when it's not, it's not, well, I was going to say it's not of our culture. It actually is of our culture, um, but we've just disavowed ourselves of it. So um, shim- I call myself a shamanic healing because that was a training that I did, but it's it's Celtic shamanism. Okay. So we we have a body memory of this, anyone from these lands, um, our ancestors would have been part of, of, of this. So it's not something, I am not the person doing it to the healing to somebody else. It's very much a co-creation with the universe, with spirit, with the body, with the, with intention. Okay. So, um, so yeah, maybe a, uh, a better question is what is shamanism? Um, so you said we have a we have a tradition of it. I, I guess you're talking about like in Western um, Europe and uh, in the British Isles mm. that we've kind of lost contact with. I think it's a brilliant question. I think it's yeah. the perfect question because you you know you've yeah you've named you've named it um, and and it's, it's very interesting because even I, I kind of uh, stumbled a bit about about the idea of am I resistance to the word. But actually, we have a resistance to it in our culture. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we, you know, I've written books about South America, you know, I'm very kind of entranced by those lands and the shamanism and all, all, all of those cultures there. And I have experience of that. But when I heard about Celtic shamanism over, over a few years ago, I almost had a body memory of like, what is that? I need to do it. So the fact that we are... Um, we're disconnected in our mind, in our culture, but our, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that we all have a body memory of it somehow and ancestrally. The fact, the disconnection has come from basically the witch hunts. That's, I mean, from a lot of different elements. So there is a lot of fear around it. So, um, you know, and, and, and kind of paganism, if you like. It's very, somebody asked, I've also done a druidry course and druids have a whole other kind of um, image, I could say even image problem, you know, you kind of think of the shamans as this kind of exotic, these exotic feather clad creatures. And then we think of the druids as these kind of right. long haired, white robed um, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, old men normally or 60 year old men in, yeah. in Glastonbury. Long you know? beards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you know, it's like particularly for, for for women as well like where where are the images where are the right. where are the representations of those um of, of this of this um i want to say it's it's this modality this this um healing way and it's actually quite it's actually quite elemental i think it's like um uh, you know connecting with the body somatics so i'm a yoga teacher so connecting with the breath um connecting with nature um, coming into awareness, almost coming into a place of stillness, of meditation, coming into a place of trust mm-hmm. with spirit, with whatever is in a held space. And then in my experience, 
everything unfolds. So there's a kind of something very simplistic and elemental and actually accessible about this about this healing approach, yeah. Right. And I'm not sure if that answered your question. Um, well, maybe we need to backtrack and like uh, start with how you kind of got into it, like what brought you onto this kind of path. And yeah, where, where, where were you when you kind of heard about shamanism and what were you doing then? Another great question, Jamie. So, um, so, so, so my background is I was, still am a travel writer. Then I trained through a kind of really strong, difficult personal experience of mine. I trained as a yoga teacher in India, a kind of birthplace of, of yoga. And obviously as a travel writer, I'm kind of, I've been very aware of different journeying, outward journeying. Um, and there's something about the inward journey, journeying, so I began to go more inward. And actually I used to write a lot about retreats for Yoga Magazine. And I was on a retreat with a woman who's a yoga teacher. She became my friend and we were just walking a day, not unlike today, a beautiful autumn day in Sussex. And she said, I'm going to do a training in Celtic shamanism. And I went, that's what I'm going to, that's what I want to do. There was just something that landed. And right. I didn't have a mental understanding about it. Um, and she trained in Glastonbury. I was born near Glastonbury. So there was something about going back to, to my roots, to that, um, to that core, um, I don't know, my, yes, back to my, I was going to say back to my core beliefs, but, but back to something very uh, rooted, if you like. And then um, what I loved about it, actually, so yeah, what I really loved about it, I've had a lot of um, counselling, I've gone through, I mean, I, I, I was going to say I could write a book. I am writing a book about all the, all the I would say crazy, some quite amusing, um, almost near death experiences that you know of of that things that I've gone through in in to be healed, right, to feel okay. like to feel okay. I don't even like that word. You know, there's nothing wrong with any of us, but to feel okay, to feel to feel okay walking around yeah, in yeah. this world. And what I loved about the shamanic modality that I experienced in Glastonbury with my with my teachers they would you know they do a healing and then something something would be cleared and I go well what was that what was that was it was cleared and they were like you don't need to know it's gone so I and I could feel that something had lifted and yeah. it's just so deep so effective and so effortless compared to our and I'm, I'm not you know, trauma trait, a trauma therapy or talking therapy or, or counselling, you know, they all have their place. But what can happen is we're repeating the story and we get stuck in the story. Yeah. And we get stuck in the mind. And this takes you into the body and the body has this incredible wisdom, regardless of who's doing the healing. And I was just like, wow, just in five minutes, something could be so beautifully um, dealt with. And it, for me, it felt like magic, but but really um, embodied, accessible, day-to-day -day magic. There wasn't, you know, I, I don't use a lot of like smoke and feathers. Yeah. I'm quite kind of grounded in what I do. So, and just back to your kind of original question, I think that actually even the word shaman or shamanic can kind of um, create a disconnection or, or even a kind of disempowerment because we don't have a... We don't really know what that means. Right, yeah. And so what I do is I combine my three, the three aspects of my work, which is the healing, the yoga teaching, 
and the writing, I combine that in the in the healing. So like most therapists would make the like as a massage therapist, you make the massage your own. So I very I make it very grounded if you like, very um I try to make it very accessible to the person. So using my voice, I feel that language is really important, as it was ancestrally with storytelling that we were just talking about. And then using the breath, being in the body, the somatics, which is connected with the with the yoga, um, and then bringing in this kind of intention and um, and trust and spirit. So we work very much with intention, and then. Actually, I say we work. We don't really work at all. I mean, I just find it the most incredible journeys that I've ever been on on my life in my life, regardless of all my travel traveling around the world. Because I sit in one of these rooms in the healing space. We've done a healing together, and I mm-hmm. sit there, and people will come and they will say, you know, I'm suicidal, or I feel like my ex partner is possessing me, or I don't. Yeah, I can't get up in the morning. And I kind of, you know, and sometimes I'm like, oh, well, how am I going to be able to help them? You know, but I go into trust. We go into an intention, which is which is a positive statement, how you want to feel. Uh, um, it might be, I am at peace or I am loved, whatever it is. And then from there, we go into um, a place of relaxation and do a deep relaxation color healing we go on a journey and i have no idea what's going to happen i go into trust and then we go into the body and then people come out and then they will tell me what happened i've told them what to happen and we're like wow wasn't that amazing <laughs> and so there is a kind of um magic and effortlessness about it yeah. that was a really long answer to your question no, no that was great i love the long answers they were my favorite kind um so is in order to kind of help bring people to this kind of healing state, like you say, you're using word and you're kind of using felt kind of bodily experience, but um, how I, you, you see it as something that already kind of exists within us and we're kind of, and you're helping people kind of access it. Is that how you kind of conceptualize it or do you not conceptualize it? Is it just something you just do? I, w- I would say it's not already in the body. I'd say part of the kind of issue, as a lot of people would say, of our current way of living, particularly mm-hmm. in the West, is its separation. Yeah. So that we think that we have to solve our problems ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I have to do it. You know, I work at a mental health charity and, you know, people are really struggling. There's severe mental health issues. But it's like, yes, yes, we need to show up to our lives or try to, but we are not in control of everything. Right. The universe is. You know, scientists yeah. would say there's 96% of stuff that we don't, we, we don't even know. And I would say, you know, potentially even more. We don't know. We, and there's a beauty in that, mm-hmm. of letting go and trusting. So I wouldn't say the answers are in the body in the sense of it's up to you to discover it. What seems to have, I, I would say that potentially we have a body memory of it. You know, a body holds all kinds of wisdom from our ancestors, from the land that the head is not aware of. Um, and the somatic, you know, as more and more research about somatics um, comes out that, that, that being in the body is the clever place to be. Yeah. Because when we drop from the mind into the body, but just in terms of your question about 
what actually happens, I think, what, 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 so when we relax, and, and this is the biggest thing about, what one of the biggest things about what happens here, people have come to me with trust, and I know, I know it's a huge amount of responsibility, if you like, and I'm humbled by the, the trust, because a lot of people don't know how it works, and in a way, honestly, I don't know how it works, apart from trusting in spirit, something bigger than me, doing something with pure love and intention, um, but but a lot of the magic happens when people really relax. Then when they relax, they can go into their body and out of their head. The body has so much wisdom, the nervous system can relax. We go into a state of letting go perhaps from the relaxation, trusting whatever you bring in. I'm putting my hand in the air, but like, you know, whether it's God the universe or just something knowing that there's something bigger than you out there that's when the magic comes in yeah but but the process is it's very individual for everybody but the process will often be and as you probably i've noticed how much i'm talking um i do like to talk that's that, right that's, uh, that's, 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 that's the point <laughs> is, yeah. um that it's yeah, it's different for everybody. But what I've noticed is, and maybe this is partly to do with my work at the mental health charity, is that I have a little bit of a reservation about letting people, leaving people alone with their own thoughts. Right. Because of, and this is a bit of a side tangent, because particularly if you've got, I mean, we all have mental health stuff to deal with. Mm-hmm. But if you've got severe mental illness, I, you know, it's like I don't want to. Um, Sometimes it's a scary place to be in your own body and a scary place to be with your own thoughts. Yeah. A little bit of a side angle. I've started, I've been teaching yoga for a long time and I manage the space at this local, just a few hundred yard metres away from the healing space, this mental health charity. And I've been teaching yoga for a long time and started to teach more and more meditation even over the last few weeks. And what's happening is that um, it's, it's really profound it's really profound when people I've, I've managed to quieten my own voice and perhaps my own fear of like I don't want to leave them alone mm. and with that and their sharing of what comes out I'm like wow and there's something about it being held in love and trust and being in a space where people feel safe then it can all come through so just to relate that back to my healing sessions, I will, I do do a lot of dialoguing because um, although that can p- take people back into their heads, it's a way of connecting back into the experience. So it's not abstract and it's integrated. So for example, somebody might say, we're on a journey and I might say, they might tell me what they can see and they might see some, I don't know, some treasure or um i don't know a beautiful landscape and then i'll connect it back but that can still be quite head to connect it back to how does that feel in your body how do you feel um so that it the way that the session works like any really strong um experience you know whether it's counseling or plant medicine or whatever it's really important to have the session the the beginning of the session where well, this is, sorry, this is in my practice at least, where you're really clear about the intention Mm -hmm. of what you want to go into. You have the journey, but then we come out of the journey and it's really important to me that 
people are grounded before they go back onto the streets of Hackney, really grounded in their body and really resourced and we've had some integration of the journey. So it's not just them coming in, me waving some sage around and, and some, you know, banging my drum and then going off you go. Right, yeah. That's just the way I work. That can work too. The way I work is quite kind of um, uh, conversational and day to day. If you like, it's quite um, it's quite rooted in in um, in in a kind of um, almost like a yoga practice can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we had a session that I had had a shamanic healing with you, and um, yeah, that's that was one of the things that struck me the most. I think I, I think I came to it with kind of expectations of what you know, it was going to happen, it was going to be very kind of ceremonial and, uh, you know, um, like using lots of high language and stuff. But then you just came in with, you know, you had your coffee in your hand and was like, well, let's get started. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, right. I can go with this. Um, but yeah, um, I've got, I was going to ask you next. Oh, there was, I think, the one thing that struck me as you were talking earlier, um, when you said like you were with your friend and she said, uh, I'm going to study Celtic shamanism and you're like that's what that's the thing I want to do it may remember the conversation with Tasha who um, said like she was um, one day the words just sound healing just kind of popped into her head so do you and it struck me that I don't know maybe for the both of you there was this kind of not maybe a calling but there was this kind of idea that you were kind of attracted to as the kind of your way forward without even kind of knowing what that was. Mm. Do you feel like you were pulled there in some way? Yeah, it's interesting you m- m- mentioned Tasha because she's, she's an incredible healer. She's just sound tarot here and she's also doing her shamanic healing yeah, that's training right. yeah, at the moment, isn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to talk to her about this stuff. I haven't spoken to her for a while, but um, I, I said to somebody yesterday, well, actually, I said it to myself, and then I ended up having a conversation with someone yesterday who brought it up that I was walking on the marshes in the sunshine, that most of the inc- most incredible things that happen in our life are not by design. Mm. They literally happen to us. Whether, you know, and like you're kind of smiling and kind of <laughs> nodding, you know, yeah. if you're kind of, I don't know, the people that you've met or the, you know, the partners or the, even the jobs, you know, there's like... Oh, if you really think, like, how did that happen? It's not by design or hard work or effort. There is this, um, and the more we relax, the more we let go, the more of the magic of the universe can come in. Right. So, so I really, um, do I feel like I had a calling? I feel like there was, there's, there's something, a bit like when you fall in love with somebody. It, it, there's, there's just undeniable, you just know. Hmm. Or you want to go to, I don't know, to Sicily on holiday and you just know you want to go. And it's not this kind of, oh, should I go? Or kind of, you know, whatever. It's just a, like, it's a, it's a body yes. Hmm. So it's really interesting to have a calling. But the way you described it, it was like you didn't even know what Celtic shamanism was at that point. It was just the kind of the word, the words kind of grabbed you. Well, I guess there, there was some head involved because yeah. because of all my... I've written a lot of books about Brazil, for example. I got married in Colombia. Um, I've just met my sister on Friday and we we spent some time in Peru. Um, I have a connection with South America. Mm. That, where does that come from? I don't know. It's an incredible part of the world. 
but perhaps because of you know I have a I have Irish Scottish English blood through my grandparents and my great grandparents and so there was maybe something about shamanism was a really strong word for me yeah and Celtic is mm. also is right yeah so maybe it's p- partly you know partly was a body knowing but it's partly it was a coming together of the, of the jigsaw pieces right yeah, yeah because yeah. it's like that I guess you know I, I guess there was this little bit of a resistance to the kind of cultural appropriation or misappropriation of let's go and grab a shaman yeah let's go and grab some feathers or let's go to Peru and drink ayahuasca or whatever um that I kind of um you know particularly with the 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 way that we're looking at the world now you know with climate change and the damage that traveling on planes does to the to, to the planet and more and more about you know in the last last few years I I mean I've been known as Hackney Jane but I mean I've hardly I have hardly left Chatsworth Road and the marshes you know super 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 local and now I kind of joke that I live like my grandfather used to live like I'm in a hamlet I live like a minute from the healing space yeah everything is everything is here that I think that's what it is everything is here so everything is here kind of with us already yeah and you don't need to go anywhere you don't need to travel somewhere outside of yourself or to another country. So a little bit connected with what you were saying at the beginning. Yes, there is this sense of coming home. It's all here. You don't have to keep running, searching, right. yeah, yeah. looking. I've done it my whole life with travelling. Oh, if I just go to this place, then I'm just going to find this. And this is going to make me happy. And I'm just going to do this healing. And, and so there's something about resting in this place, you know, the Ram Das thing, be here now. It's yeah, like, this yeah. is it. So um, there was something about a coming home and, and it felt very anchored to me. Um, so, and it was a culmination, I guess, of, of my experiences and it was at the right time. So, um, you know, everything that happens to us, I was gonna say good or bad, but particularly the kind of, the difficult stuff takes us on this journey to where we're meant to be perhaps so sometimes you know a few years ago when I did the Druidry course I was like oh Jane you're always doing so many different things and it's not connected and can you not settle with one thing so you know the writing and the healing and the teaching but actually in the Druid tradition which some would argue is Celtic shamanism and I don't you know I'm not sure about the whole history and how it works but those were the three strands that that's what you would if you were in, of that tradition that all, it's all connected there's no disconnection so we talked about a bit about your you know your background and drama and massage we you know we've only sep- we separated this in recent years yeah and it's all connected and so another thing i would say about the, the about the sessions is they're actually really creative mm. so you know i have a creative background this is perhaps one of the most creative things I've ever done. Much perhaps more creative than writing a book because because it's live in the space, and so um, and we do it together. And it's a collaboration. Well, it's a collaboration. I say it was between three of us. You know, it's me, the person having the healing, and spirit or yeah, God, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah whatever you want to call it, <laughs> or just something bigger than you. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, 
he talks about kind of everything is here, like, you know, everything we need is, we already have it in a sense. So, and like about bringing people into a state of relaxation in the sessions. So you, you, do you think like through that kind of relaxation and through kind of that stillness, that kind of makes people more receptive to whatever you want to call it, you know, the, to spirit? Yeah, we block a lot by wanting to be in control. Yeah. And we basically, we're putting the brakes on other forces, if you like. But just to back, I think it's really important to say, yes, everything is here. And we have everything, but it's, in my experience, you know, I've had a really strong trauma. It's, and I was speaking to someone about this yesterday, that your biggest trauma can be your biggest spiritual gift. But that's not to presume it of anyone. Because you might not be a, you know, so you, you might not be ready to, the worst thing is to say to someone, oh, you've had this terrible experience, but it's a spiritual gift. And you're like, what? I'm, this is practically killing me. And you're right. telling me that I have to then be spiritual as well. So I feel really strongly about this is that, um, and this is where healing shamelessness has helped me. If you, you you can be lost, you can be in a really ba- a difficult place, and it can really help you. But it's not it's not up to you to do it. Yeah. You know, you, we all need help. Yeah. So we all have it within us. We have the power within us, but we we all need help. And there's part of this separation from the last few years, but also in our society. Of this, of the the power of the individual, the responsibility of the individual. You have to do it yourself. You do it. Even if you're doing the counselling, you do it. You sort it out. You try harder. Yeah. And it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's just like, um, and it, it's too much for most of us. And it's it, it it's supposed to be too much. So it's like we all need to help each. We all we need each other. Yeah. As much as we need, um the you know the connection to to something bigger than ourselves so yeah I, I feel I feel really strongly about that because um you know again with my experience with the charity but also with the healings people are coming in and they're like you know I've got to work hard I've got to have this successful relationships and then I've also got to deal with all my trauma and get through it and be perfectly okay and it's just so much for us all to do yeah and we're just yeah I can see you kind of just going that's what I want to do just like oh we just like um, it's it's just it's just a lot it's a real it's um, we've we've made ourselves so or society or just what's happened historically is we're all so responsible and uh, um, tapping into something else I was talking about yesterday is that also, what can happen is that the we well, the stuff that we're carrying is not our own. It can be ancestral trauma, or ancestral stuff. Let's call it. I don't even like naming it as trauma. So we we think that we have to solve it all, but we don't really understand it because it's not from our lived present day life. Yeah. But it could be from other stuff. So I'm calling it stuff, but um, so I I tend not to talk too much about past lives because often when I kind of I find it quite funny in a way often when people talk about past lives I had a past life experience it's never as a kind of I don't know as a shopkeeper it's always as like Cleopatra or <laughs> yeah. you know some I don't know some 
in, you know, amazing monk or something. You know, yeah. it's never so it, the ego can get involved, and also the mind can get involved. So when I'm doing a session, if some other things can come through, so you know, other things, and this comes back to your question about, you know, is it already all all the um, the potential for healing already in the body? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, but then if others. I keep calling it stuff because I don't want to kind of get too kind of, um, I was going to say I don't want to get too witchy about it. Why not? But yeah, other energies can come in. Yeah. Dark energies, let's say. Okay. So um, from from your present day life or from your past life or from your ancestors, that can feel um, possessing too much. Hmm. And so what can happen is that can clear quite that can clear in a session um and i will maybe have experience of you know it might be something it might be past life it might be another energy if the person if i feel like it's helpful for the other person to hear it i will talk about it or if they i will ask them what their experience was and then maybe i'll go into it but i don't think it's helpful for me to go right well this is what i saw and da 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 and um you know this this dragon came in and then i did this and i i because i feel like it can the ego can get really involved in that it's like look what i did and it doesn't necessarily help if i feel like it might help the person and they have a um a connection with it already then i might talk about it it's very individual so although i know kind of backtracking slightly or contradicting myself slightly yes it's very in the body but yes all the dragons and the magic and the past lives and the ancestors and the um you know the cosmos can all come in as well yeah it's ma- it's simple but it's massive <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's massive um so yeah you talked about you so you talked about kind of trust earlier on and just kind of trusting what kind of happened or what happens how much are you doing Another perfect question because that's something that I wanted to uh, to bring in just as in response to what I was saying uh, uh, just now is that uh, yeah it's a very interesting question because I spent I've spent some energy and you probably picked up already me going it's not me doing it I'm not the person doing it I'm just the vehicle um, and quite early on someone said to me you need to actually own what you are doing right. So, and that's kind of connected with my writing because I kind of write not about myself when I'm writing about travel stuff. I'm not putting myself in the, in the story. Yeah. So I do, I do own what I do. I do, um, I'm very, um, I'm very committed to what I do. I feel like it's a privilege to do it. I take it very, very, very seriously. I try not to take myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. So I am, I am doing, I am doing the work in the sense that I am the vehicle. As much as I can make my, it's a bit like a meditation process. As much as I can trust, connect, put my hand in the air, connect to all that is, connect to the person with love, really listen. Um, really hear 
really be present, um, that's that's when the magic happens. But to be honest, the magic always happens. And that never ceases to amaze me. Right. So, yeah, I guess just through this, this kind of conversation, it's like, yeah, there is... Um, having a kind of realization, yeah, there is some, there is something that maybe is in my line or my, it, um, there's something really strong that's coming through me that either I've allowed to come through or was already there. So I do completely um, own own that. Yeah. If that answers what you were saying. Yeah, I think so. But like, do you ever have people who are kind of quite resistant? To it, or do people who come generally open, or do you find that you know? I don't know if it's bought for them as a gift or something. Somebody will come along and not be that kind of, or be a bit closed. And how do you deal with that? Another great question. So, um, if some, I so I was doing healings um, in a medicine festival, and a woman came and she said her son had bought it for her. So I kind of checked in with her and she said, "Oh no, I, I chose you." So that's really important because there is there is a connection mm. to me. They have connected to me. So a lot of people have been coming to the healing space to, for healings with me in East London, from West London and all over London. Right. So the internet's connecting us. So there is this kind of connection already yeah. that's brought them to me. And I completely trust that. Um, but... A lot of people, um, if they're in a lot of fear, they will stay really in their head yeah. because that's a place of control and safety, mm. even though that's making us not it fearful. So my biggest kind of, well, yeah, the biggest challenge, if you'd like, is get them to relax and go into their body. For some people, it's, di- it's different for everybody. So, and if you've had a lot of trauma, as I said, the body's not a safe place for you to, doesn't feel safe for you to be in. So I perhaps will then step in and do more of the work, if you see what I mean. Right. So um, dialoguing maybe is taking them back into their head. Yeah. Or there's fear or control, so they, they don't really want to go there. So I will then... It... it yeah, it's ta- very tailor-made <laughs> to everybody, but I couldn't tell... It's very also very instinctive moment by moment. So, for example, when I do the colour healing, what will happen is the colours come through. I'm not... I'm not um, directing... I'm not the director of operations, if you like. Right, OK. I'm kind of making the prayer and it will come through. Yeah. So, you know, for example, some people will be, like, flooded with a, with a beautiful blue we're not in the blue room but that blue beautiful sky blue of the, the, the mm-hmm. blue room in the healing space they'll be flooded with that and it's like that that's calming their throat chakra and that's calming their mind and that's calming their whole body unconditional love will come in for a lot of people which is like this bed of emerald green and it's like a lot of us resist unconditional love because it's like no 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 we're fine we're fine we're fine oh no no I don't need unconditional love no 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 you know we, I think we're kind of you know perhaps most of us in this kind of modern day life no it's I'm in, I'm I'm just doing my thing so it's like it's almost like you imagine like this emerald green forest and you're lying on Mother Earth and drinking in that kind of um, 
juice almost, like a plant drinks in water. And then you're being rained on by this kind of emerald jewels and it's kind of going into your body and you're feeling that. And then from that, I can almost feel it in my own body now. It's like, oh God, I'm completely filled with unconditional love. And then, then you're kind of armoured or ready to go on this journey through the forest. Right. And yeah, maybe it's like um, just it's worth to just describing a little bit how the journey goes. Mm. Um, we go through, we go, we'll go through a forest and in the mind's eye or in the body's eye, and then whatever comes in, comes in. So, you know, there might be magical birds or, you know, a very real feeling of the soil underneath your feet. Um, and then what can happen is, what can happen? <sighs> it's just, I mean, I, I kind of, I guess I could say a little bit about some journeys that have come through just to give people a little bit of an idea of like resourcing without yeah. going being too specific. But for example, a woman came to me and she was like, I really want to, I really need to find a partner. I really need to find a partner. I'm ready. I need to have a baby. And and it was, and I was feeling a lot of kind of um, stress and anxiety around it. And I wondered if it was cultural. So, um, and what I wanted to say to her was like, it's okay. The more you let go, the more it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, um, the more it's going to be okay. It already is. But it, it, just as we know, I could say that, to you or my grandmother could give me that advice but unless I feel it in my body or experience it myself it's not gonna it's not gonna go in so then she we went on a journey she went up into the tree um she was surrounded by this beautiful blue sky which was calming her and then she just this this incredible journey unfolded that she saw um her grandfather brought her um a ring and gave her the ring Wow. and I can feel it in my body right now and and I mean a whole other journey expand that expanded into a whole other incredible journey but when I came back and talked to her about it I said how did you feel because it's that back to the somatics not what was your grandfather telling you but how did it make you feel and it could almost make me cry now she said my she said my grandfather was laughing and going everything's okay you just need to stop worrying but she could, someone could say that to her, but she actually felt it. Yeah. And she yeah. took the ring. And then from that, she kind of, she went on this incredible journey, but that's almost a metaphor for life, you know, right. and, and bringing in the ancestors or just somebody who loves you. Sometimes we can connect more strongly with our grandparents because they haven't got all the stuff with the parental right. yeah, yeah, yeah. baggage, let's say. Just kind of putting their hand on your shoulder, which maybe they would have done in community a few hundred years ago oh god don't worry it's all gonna be all right it's all fine and then you have the courage and the confidence and the ease to go off into your life and then you enjoy your life more and maybe find the partner or maybe don't but that was an example of um of of her trusting me the journey the intention we were but she didn't she and also the problem that she thought she came to solve was was not the problem that was solved if you see what I mean so like I said yeah, to you at the beginning yeah. people come with a problem mm. but often the problem is is a mind thing oh I yeah. should be doing this so the problem is oh I haven't got a partner 
the problem often is that we are trying to find something in our life that then is going to make us happy, but we know that's not going to make us happy because when we get the partner or the job, then we'll find something else that's making us unhappy. Yeah. So the answer is to relax and don't worry, mostly. Yeah. Which is easier said than done. So it can be, like I said, why would I, why would I watch Netflix? Why would I watch a movie when I can have these experiences of fun and these most incredible, rich, um, beautiful, um, sort of um, cinematic, almost experiences that we have together, me and this other person. You know, I've, I've done various healings with various people in the healing space, sometimes, you know, more than one. And it's just, um, it's just beautiful to just behold you know um it's uh it's something very powerful but also very somehow very um very um what's the word um divine um delicate um spiritual in sense of of the spirit yeah yeah um yeah it's really powerful it's um I'm remembering my healing and it's a similar sort of thing to what you're describing in the sense that you know you come with you think you have one question and then you end up getting a different answer to a different question but I was kind of yeah I came with like I think guys my initial kind of um question was like how how do I control my like negative emotions you know and it was that same sort of thing of like wanting to kind of be in control and like um yeah be the kind of the master of what's going on you know um but I was also like it was also a time when me and my partner were going through a very difficult time and it looked like we might be ending a relationship and the kind of what I got from the session was much more kind of related to that and kind of yeah, it made me feel that regardless of what happened in that relationship, that I was loved, you know, and that I could, I could feel loved regardless of what was happening in my interpersonal relationship with someone else. And yeah, it was really, and there was also there was also a kind of theme in there of kind of letting go and like, I think you get you asked me to draw an oracle card at the beginning, and what I got was chaos. So, like, there was definitely an element of opening up to just, you know, the chaos of life and uncertainty and just being okay with that, you know, because I have this kind of, I can access this feeling of being loved. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely recommend it. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. Uh, but from that, Jamie, I think yeah. that that's, because I, I'd kind of, forgotten the details of it yeah yeah but just so yeah it's like um that what you've what you touched on is very uh very um important the thing about being loved so so you know yeah the unconditional love but you know when we're not relaxed mm -hmm. we can't bring in the love yeah because even in a relationship even in a close relationship or with the outside world because it's like no, we're so we're so in fear that we're you know almost clenching our toes and our fingers, clinging on, and we we can't function. So it's 
So, you know, Google's done this research, this was years ago, about the most successful, successful in inverted commas, um, workers. They're the what? The, the most successful teams were not the ones that, there was no commonality of education, of work experience, of age or sex or anything. Hmm. The, 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 the common factor was people feeling safe. Yeah. yeah. So even if it's just, you just take it from a, from a kind of um, financial or um, professional point of view, when we, if, we're not, if we're not feeling safe, or stroked, loved, or accepted. We're in fight or flight. If we're in fight or flight, we think the tiger's coming to eat us at any moment. Yeah. We we're pri- and often you know walking around Hackney can feel like that. You know, so we we can't we're not we're not in our body. We're we're stressing ourselves. So yeah, it's um. And often we resist the love because we get such into a pattern, so into a pattern of, I need to control that we haven't got space or no it's just too it's almost too expansive too um too massive to feel loved you know let's just stay stay in this place where we know what we're doing yeah yeah but we're constantly kind of being bombarded especially over the last kind of couple of years isn't it you know messages of danger and kind of you know every the visual signs all around us the cue threat cues like we're constantly encountering them, especially in like urban environments mm. so yeah it's i think it's like the, the kind of sympathetic nervous system is kind of yeah. activated all the time mm. it's really hard for people to kind of slow down or to relax sometimes i see it a lot like people coming in like for massage therapy and very often it's it's not you know i've got an injury or you know um i've got lower back pain it's just like i'm chronically tense all the time you know i'm like i just need to relax yeah Yeah. well it's in you know it's interesting we're we're in the healing space and there's you know the there is this incredible range of therapists here and it is all connected so you know i've had massage from you which was really powerful from rita acupuncture from Tara, Lucy, sound therapy from Tasha, um, herbalism from Becky. And it's all, um, it is it is all connected. Sounds obvious to say, but um, the body work or the body connection is almost on a regular basis is, is, is really important. Hmm. So that, um, you know, one of the things that I would like to do more of is is to to make my shamanic healing more part of everyday life. So, for example, you know, I might come and have a massage every couple of weeks or every month, but probably partly because the shamanic healings are so powerful, people won't come. Maybe come once a year or once right, every yeah, few months. Yeah. But you know, actually the practices of shamanism for want of a better word of this healing modality is something to bring into your everyday life yeah so, so it's, it's day it's day by day and not just something when we've got a crisis or a problem so you know it is being in the breath it is being in trust you know whether it's spirit or something else um it is um having some moments every day where you are in quiet even if you're not meditating, mm. 
having some moments where you connect with your body, maybe left hand on heart, right hand on belly. Maybe it is, you know, even in Hackney, we can do this. I was doing this yesterday, walking barefoot on the grass to connect to the earth. Mm. Maybe having a, like a, a sacred place in your, in your room or in your house where, you know, it doesn't have to be a traditional altar, but even just some beautiful flowers or you like a candle, you like it, light a candle to your ancestors um you you bring in the beauty and the sacred um into everyday life yeah and that is that is that's that's really um fundamental you know even if you're not even if you live in in an uh, urban environment like hackney you can always look at the sky yeah you always have the sky you know even in lockdown we always have the sky to look out you know looking at the moon connecting with the moon connecting with the phases of the moon um, connecting with the seasons, you know, we're talking about autumn now, we're going into winter, honouring those those kind of traditions. Um, you know, solstice is coming up. I honour solstice as much as I would Christmas. You know, all of those kind of, you know, that is all part of it. And so, so, so shamanism is not something disconnected from our everyday life. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually the connection to everything in our lives, the food that we eat. The way that we talk to people, um, the way that we treat our animals or our old people, or um, the way that we the, the way that we live our lives is absolutely integrated. It's not something that separate that you just go and um, experience for an hour. Yeah, and that's something that I really feel passionately about, and that's something that I tr- that I do try to do. I always do do it's to some level. Um, is give people tools to integrate into their everyday life. So there's a lot of kind of common ground with that, but but for everyone it's different because back to your original one one of your original questions about how is it different for different people. So some people are very visual. I'm I'm very visual, but if you're not very visual, the journey is not going to help you. Some people are very much um, connect with with touch. Um, some people are very, um, you know, I sometimes bring in um, crystals. I've forgotten about the cards. Sometimes I bring in cards. Yeah. It's very intuitive what I bring in. Yeah. You know, I might I might bring in some sage or I might bring in, a, I've been known to give people crystals if I feel, I'm not promising that each time, but you know, <laughs> I feel called to give something. I'm like, this crystal wants to come home with you. Right. Sometimes crystals will go on the body. Um, but... But yeah, so t- sort of take take home, take takeaways if you like. Yeah. Sometimes people get that go home with a beautiful selenite crystal or something, um, which is a bonus. But um, I will also suggest day to day practices that can, I don't probably suggest them to you, but just something about you know if you can go into nature, if you do connect with animals, even just stroking your cat, um, but in a in a kind of um, non distracted way. Um, bringing beauty into your life, bringing flowers into your life. Um, you know, maybe for this woman, it's connecting with her grandfather. Mm. Maybe having his picture, um, or even just connecting with that feeling of love. Yeah, you talked about feeling love. You know, sometimes when I'm at my mental health charity, it's like, can, what what connect with something that resources you? For one, for one guy, it's Jesus. For somebody else, it's their their grandmother. For somebody else, it's the smell of lavender. So bringing those tools, maybe just two or three to start with, and then it's like it's like your kind of um, it's your go to um, it's your go to it's your 
your takeaway, but it's not delivery. It's your yeah, it's your thing where you yeah. fight. It's your door, your gateway. In. Yeah, it's it's like a little um, you know, magic pouch or something yeah. that maybe a shaman would have. But it's like what happens is when we become dysregulated, we don't have the resources to go to what's good for us. We often then might go for a glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. Or you know whatever it might be, or or a takeaway. Don't want to mention delivery again. It's like um, <laughs> could be Uber Eats. Let's be um, fair about it all. But but so that you have something to go to that that you can connect with really quickly. So lavender is a great one because it's been shown to be almost as powerful as um, it can be as powerful as Valium has a really strong wow. connection yeah. to the brain. Um, sound can be another one. You know whether it's a sound meditation or gong bath or even mm, the Brahmri breath in yoga, the mm, just humming that's been shown to produce melatonin in the brain. Yeah, yeah. And what that does is it then kind of can help if you're focusing on the humming, mm, you're not focusing on the thoughts. It's yes. kind of almost like drowning out, not drowning out, but quieting the thoughts. So, yeah, for that, that's really important that people have um, resources that are there or there that are their own so it's not just they're coming when they come to the healing they feel good yeah so I had a really powerful experience at medicine festival where um, a woman came and quite a classic example of someone that would come to see me very successful probably in a early thought 30s early to late 30s businesswoman she came to me i do vim hof every morning then i do my journaling then i do my yoga da, 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 da. and then da, da, and, and 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 then i kind of said to her oh, just take a breath i said that's a lot of things that you do and she and she just at the record she just burst into tears yeah and then we had because you know like i said the success yeah, yeah. Particularly of this generation, they have to be successful at their healing and at their spiritual growth and everything else. And it's just yeah, so much. Yeah. And so when when she just kind of let herself go, mm. just stopped. Even that phrase, let herself go, it's almost like she's not showing up for herself, but it's like letting go. We then, and she had had a lot of trauma let's say childhood stuff that she was that she was experiencing so it's not to diminish it but from that place of it's not up to you to fix it almost yeah we went through this really deep healing she came up laughing instead of crying and then the next day she came to see me again and i was a bit like oh has she come back you know i thought that was fine she said jane and only ever go to a healing when i'm not feeling good so I said to myself, why don't I come back for more integrate for integration because I'm feeling so good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I was kind of putting my hands in prayer in front of her because I was like, yes, that is it. Because then we want to, oh, we fix that right onto the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so then it was beautiful. And this is perhaps what I'd like to do more in the healing space is that we then went into this deep integration of her like a seed into the ground. It's almost like she'd been reborn instead of just sticking with the rebirth, she then honoured this new baby or this new part of her. And we did almost like a yoga nidra and a deep dropping into the earth that she could be held by the earth and just nothing, just 
just safety and darkness. We often, in India, the saints used to do um, dark retreats. Right. And they would, apparently that's why they ended up living for hundreds of years, because it would then produce DMT naturally in the brain and they would almost be reborn. But the problem with the, our everyday life now is we're so stimulated, yeah. lights, camera, action, particularly with our mobile phones. So that process of just taking her down into the dark and then it's like from that space, space of nothingness, which is the womb space, even though it's a space of resource, what can then grow? Yeah. And we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. No, that's beautiful. I think that's where we have to leave it. Because I hear somebody getting ready to come into the room. Um, where can people find you, Jane? How do they? How can they get in touch with you to book sessions? Is it just through Healing Space? Yes, if yeah. you if you go to the Healing Space, um, yeah, they can just find me on there. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thanks for taking us on this journey. You're very welcome. <laughs> thank you. That was my conversation with Hackney Jane. Um, yeah, something that struck me listening back to that conversation was uh, Jane talking about you know being okay and the amount of stuff that each of us has to take on uh, in our lives, the responsibility that we have for presenting as well, you know, and as coping in our various different guises as members of the community, as human beings, as people in society, as parents, as sons, as daughters, as brothers and sisters, as friends, as neighbours, as employees or as business owners. Most of us have to show up in a bunch of different guises in our life and I don't know, it seems to me like out on the street at the moment there's a real vibe of anxiety about going into what is looking like it's going to be a fairly difficult winter. So I just wanted to encourage you, my listeners, to sort of reflect on how much you take on in your life and how much pressure there is on you to kind of keep going and to keep being well. And, I don't know, have a think about how much of that stuff is kind of real and how much is optional. If you're feeling under pressure, if there's stuff happening in your life that makes you feel like you need to slow down a bit, then I encourage you to give yourself permission. You know, Christmas is coming or the holiday season is coming and it feels like a lot of conditioning kicks in around this time of year Um, conditioning at a personal level and at a societal level you know uh, all this kind of momentum builds up and we feel that we're pulled in a bunch of different directions so yeah I encourage you to give yourself permission to stop letting yourself be pulled so much perhaps and not feeling like you need to do it all 
maybe there are some things you just don't have to. Yeah, this uh, episode of the podcast has come out late. Um, I don't have a guest lined up for next month's podcast. So if you're listening to this, drop me a line. <laughs> there might still be uh, a slot available if you're if you are a healer in the holistic space. But otherwise, um, check your feed next month around the sort of 6th to 10th of December for uh, a conversation with a mystery guest. Or perhaps it'll just be me uh, talking to you rambling away like this for an hour uh, I hope not um, yeah until next time may you be well <laughs>